Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Raw Perspective podcast. Hello and welcome episode five of the Raw Per podcast, aka the Raw Perspective podcast, the show where we give you a raw, authentic and unfiltered take on the latest in entertainment, politics and more. Thank you guys for joining us. I am your host, Lex. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, DJ. How's hey, it going? Good. How are you? Not too bad. I had a pretty good week. I uh, beat a uh, certain someone in uh, fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. I'm so mad at Julio Jones. I hey, can't. Man, if you would get hurt. Yeah. yeah he, was, he, was, he was hurt um, last week. So hopefully uh, you get better from uh, here on out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm um, number last in our fantasy football team right now yeah i'm second from last so yeah hopefully i uh, pick it up you know it's only been two weeks so uh, that's why i figured it's been two weeks so yeah i'm thinking of doing uh some trades try to get in better position but yeah nobody want to trade the good players right no all right so let's get the show started uh this is a very very special episode we're doing our first ever giveaway for reaching 100 subscribers and later in this episode, we'll be providing you guys with a secret code that's required to fulfill one of the eligibility requirements in order to win the prizes. If it's your first time hearing about our giveaway, go to facebook.com slash raw per podcast for instructions on how to enter the uh, free giveaway. There will be 10 winners. I repeat, there will be 10 winners. So plenty of chances for you guys to win. So now let's go over some of the uh, prizes that will be uh, given out. So we're giving away a $50 gift card, a t-shirt, and a sticker to the first place winner. And then second through sixth place, we'll be receiving a t-shirt and a sticker. And seventh through tenth, we'll be getting a t-shirt. So make sure you guys uh, enter uh, for your chance to win. Uh, the giveaway will end on Monday, October 5th at 11.59 p.m. And the winners will be notified uh, via Facebook Messenger. So um. If you guys have any questions, uh, just message us on Facebook and um, we'll answer your questions. Uh, make sure you guys are doing it uh, the right way. So let's get the show started. All right. So uh, raw take of the week. Uh, you want to go first? Um, yeah, we can. Uh, we're going to talk about the RGB. So Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg. I know there's a lot of controversy now that she had passed away, but it's going to be. It, it just made politics really weird, uh, more weird than they are now. Yeah, absolutely. So right now we have uh, President Trump, who's almost on his way out of being president uh, with the elections right around the corner um, and the possibility of him staying president or a new president. And now he's got another Supreme Court nominee uh, or an appointment that he can do so that everything's surrounded by. Uh, RGB's death is, I think, throwing a kink into things. It's definitely not making anything the, better. No. Um, so why do you think they're trying to rush this uh, process of getting a new justice? Because it takes time. So everything in the government moves super slow. Um, if they can rush and pick one of Trump's nominees, then they it makes it easier for the Republican side to pass. You think they're laws doing it as political cachet because, you know, each president, when they elect a justice that gets on their resume, the more, the better. Um, partially politically, but partially that's their job to do it and to do it in a timely manner, too. So. I just think with the timing of it, it looks like one thing, but I think they should be able to pick the Supreme Court because. Not I know not everybody likes Trump, but right now he is a president. Um, I just hope that his nomination is good and will be good for the country. And I think the way that Trump is doing some things, he tends to put the right people in the right place most of the time. So I'm hoping that he's able to put the right person in the right place this time for the better of the country, not better of politics. Do you think he puts the right people in the right place all the time? Because, Not all the time. No. <laughs> because half of his cabinet, like yeah. the turnover rate is crazy. It's really high, but I think he he tries. I think he's done a better job than some of the presidents in the past. Well, the one thing I I dislike 
is, I don't know if you remember back in 2016, uh, when Obama was president, yep. you know, Republicans were against him yep. doing the same, a new, yeah, basically the same, the same thing. thing and those same people, they got called out on uh, various uh, news platforms, um, of them you know, opposing it. But now yeah. all of a sudden it's good for the country. It's the president's right to do so this and that. Um, and so I just think it's a, uh, it's a uh, very, very, uh, hypocritical. It is. And when uh, president Obama was president, it was his right to do so until he's out of office till you're out of office. That is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to continue doing your job. And it doesn't matter who the president is at the time. I think they should be able to do their job, whether it was Obama or President Trump. Like the political games that they're playing, I think, is what irritates people the most is they're trying to put people into places and stop things from actually happening and people from doing what they were they're supposed to do, like picking a Supreme Court nominee. That's their job. Yeah, period. absolutely. Like you shouldn't stop shouldn't have tried to stop Obama. You shouldn't try to stop Trump. Just let him do their job. But because of our party system and because of our checks and balances, putting somebody in those nominations at this kind of time in an election year is very critical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so conversation uh, turns back to uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, a lot of people don't know a lot about her, especially the new generation. You understand how instrumental she was uh, for uh, equality. So I'll go over some of the things yeah. that uh, she was for and that she's done. So um, her main thing was uh, helping out against uh, sex-based discrimination uh, in the workplace. So making sure that uh, women can have the same rights as men did. And uh, she also worked uh, to help the LGBT community, as well as uh, undocumented immigrants, disabled people and also expanding voting rights. So she has accomplished uh, a lot. Uh, she would still be a legend, even if she did not get appointed to, to the Supreme Court back in 1993 by uh, Bill Clinton. Yeah. Uh, what she's done is just amazing, and uh, she will be missed. Uh, she died at the age of uh, 87. So no rest in peace to her. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, that's something that irritates me a little bit too is Instead of people mourning the loss of somebody who who tried their best to help out the country and change the country, everybody's arguing on whether they should replace her. And I think morally, we should have taken a week off, not yeah. even talked about a replacement. How soon is, is too soon? I would That's, say now. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, right now, I think is too soon. I mean, I know there's going to be talks and stuff that are going to be in private. That kind of stuff the president should be able to do in Senate and stuff. but. In public, I think they should have stopped what they were doing and mourned anybody who anybody who's in that kind of position, any of the Supreme Court justices um, or any of the senators, congressmen like, yeah, they may you may disagree with some of the things they do, but just take the time out just to honor them for a little bit, at least instead of jumping right in and being an asshat. Yeah, way before she even gets buried and have her uh, ceremony. Yeah. You know, people are already talking about replacing her as a, this political warfare going on. And, you know, it's not the right way to do things. Um, no, if you want to honor not. her, you know, wait for her, everything and then uh, proceed uh, at a later date. But right now it's not the right time to do it. Yeah, I agree. All right. So let's move on to my raw take of the week. Uh, my raw take has to deal with uh, Brianna Taylor, uh, her case. So uh, the Kentucky grand jury indicted only one of the officers involved in the shooting. And uh, none of the charges, though, that that officer received has to do with her death, but instead for endangering nearby neighbors because some of the bullets penetrated the walls. So in other words, her neighbor's walls received uh, justice before Breonna Taylor did. Are you surprised by the ruling? No, not really. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's good to be optimistic, but it's a very, very weird case uh, because, okay, let's let's talk about the uh, background of the case. So these officers, they got a no-knock warrant from a judge yep. because they've previously observed, I think, uh, Brianna's ex-boyfriend. Uh, he was carrying something. Maybe it looked suspicious. That's why they got the uh, no-knock warrant. 
Yeah. So when they entered the apartment, I'm not sure. It's unclear. Um, so Brianna Taylor's uh, husband or boyfriend is saying that they just bust in. They didn't identify themselves. You know, we're, we're not sure if that's true or not, but he started shooting at the officers because he had no idea who it was. He shot yep. one of them in the leg. So they started firing back and that's how Brianna Taylor got killed. Yep. So the uh, boyfriend, uh, his name is uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, he got acquitted. Uh, they let him go because self-defense and stand your ground rules in yep. uh, Kentucky. So that's why they let him go. But with the uh, Brianna Taylor case, nobody was charged. And I kind of understand both sides, but somebody should be held responsible yep. for her death. I'm not sure if it should be the officers or the person who issued the warrant. I'm not sure who, who, who it should be, but somebody should be held accountable because she had nothing to do with anything. Uh, she was in her own home where she should feel safe and yeah. should be safe. And still she got killed. That's trying to put myself in their shoes. If somebody knocked on my door or didn't even knock, just busted down my door. I know for me, I'm not going to wait to see who it is. I'm probably going to just start shooting too. So it, it very well could have been any of us and anybody in our homes if we had to stand our grounds. Having a no-knock warrant law and a stand-your-ground law both at the same time is is right? yeah. It's you're you're setting everybody up for failure. You're setting the police officers up for failure. You're setting the the homeowners up for failure. Um, you should do a stand-your-ground rule and a, a knock warrant or something completely different, but. Yeah, that makes Mixing those no two all, yeah. is not a good idea. And that's, I think that's what we saw. Yeah, that's where, yeah, I would say that's where uh, everything went wrong there. Because there's no point of having a no-knock warrant if they're li living in apartments, right? Yeah. Most apartments have only one entrance and one exit, right? Yeah. So one way in, one way out. So if they were to knock and you know wait for them to open the door they they can't go anywhere yeah you know that probably the, the situation would have been completely different if that's what happened at least not yeah. life-threatening i mean yeah, they probably could have gotten angry i mean i think i would get angry if police are at my door for a warrant because i'd be like what are you guys doing here i haven't done anything wrong yeah yeah like I'd be, kenneth walker yeah he would get angry but i don't think he would have fired at the officers no, not, if they knocked on the door he found out he looked and you know through the peephole and said yeah. hey these guys look like law enforcement yep and then not shoot at them and i think any normal american or any normal sane american they would probably be mad um first they'd say let me see your warrant and then yeah. okay well now you got a legal right to be in my house i yeah. can't do anything about it I think it would have been a lot more peaceful and nobody would have even ever have heard of Breonna Taylor or exactly. Kenneth Walker. I mean, we would have never heard about no. this, 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 uh, situation, but as far as who's to blame, I'd say probably the state, um, or the person that issued the warrant. I mean, it's, I don't think that enough information to issue that kind of warrant, a no knock warrant. And I think the, the police officers, um, so come from a military background, you're supposed to identify your targets before you shoot. And I think, they failed to do so. It sounds like they just shot everywhere. Yeah. They didn't know what their background target was. Didn't know any of the where their bullets were going to go. Basically, yeah. Um, and it's it's unfortunate. So I think a lack of training or a lack of thinking about their training, if they had that kind of training, and the fact that it's a a no knock warrant and just the heat of the situation and everybody's adrenaline's pumping. Yeah. You know, Mike Tyson has a very interesting quote that says, uh, plan goes out the window once you get punched in the face. Yeah. So it's a it's, it's similar, similar way because, you know, you can tell officers had a plan. I'm sure they've done this plenty of times. They've yeah. trained about it. But once Kenneth Walker fired first shot because he had no idea who was at his door, or who just broke in his house, you know, then it's. It's, it's that uh, natural human instinct of, yep. you know, fight or flight. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, they just shot, started shooting everywhere. And unfortunately, Breonna Taylor got shot several times and she didn't yep. make it. You know, so yeah, I think 
the the main question in all this is what is suspicious activity? You know, because that's why they got the warrant because her ex boyfriend had something in his bag they thought was suspicious, yeah. and they used that to get the uh, no knock warrant from the judge. So you need to clarify what exactly is suspicious activity. That way, judges are not out there just giving out no knock warrants yeah. for anything that they may perceive as being suspicious activity. Well, that, there's it's a really fine line. Yeah. So I mean, for for you and I who've never done anything illegal, us walking from our house to our car with a bag, that wouldn't be suspicious. Absolutely. But not. if if one of us had a history of being a drug dealer or um in illegal activities and we were walking from our home to a bag, you might be able to give it away without being suspicious, but that's still that still shouldn't be viewed it, as you, suspicious. You can't confirm or deny whatever's in that bag to be able to issue a warrant. Yeah, Unless absolutely. you physically have somebody see what is in that bag and what it, whether it was illegal or not. Yeah, you can't perceive that, hey, I know for sure there's yeah. drugs in there or something illegal. Yep. You know, just, to me, that's, it's not enough to no. uh, give somebody a no-knock warrant. And, um, you know, just it's very, very sad situation. And, um, you know, rest in peace, Breonna Taylor. All right, so let's move on to going raw. Uh, we're going to change to the entertainment industry. Uh, I saw a very interesting article this week uh, talking about Doctor Strange 2. So the question is, uh, should Doctor Strange 2 introduce the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man into the MCU? Heck yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Doctor Strange, he kind of hinted about multiverse. Yeah. And Doctor Strange is the perfect character to go to any of the Marvel universes. Yeah, it's a a very, very interesting topic. However, would it dilute the MCU because you have two versions of the same character in the MCU? Like, because, you know, the Miles Morales Spider-Man into the Spideyverse, that was done outside of the MCU, you know, and it's animated. So it was great to see was also diversity really, really and cool movie. yeah absolutely and they're able to do a lot more since it's animated yep and it doesn't have to look super realistic yep so i don't know if that'd be strange having miles morales and tony parker like interacting with each other and they're both spider-man no i don't think so because they're both completely different characters yeah they both play spider-man but their spider-mans are different they're both different personalities um, I think it would actually make a really cool, cool spin to a Doctor Strange movie, even if Miles Morales is just in there for 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I, I think it would it would be really cool. And I think it would ignite some spinoffs to have a Miles Morales Spider-Man. Maybe a Miles Morales show on Disney Plus. That would be I'd be perfectly OK with that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that'd be the best route for it having him on Disney plus just as a regular show. Yeah. But in terms of the MCU, I guess it depends on how they do it because there's, it's real, really difficult to do that. Having two characters in the same movie, like I said, it might be very, very weird, but if they execute it properly, it might be something very, very interesting to watch. And I think Marvel has the talent and the right kind of writers to do something like that. I think they would be the only candidate I would trust to make a movie with two different Spider-Mans and make a good movie. Well, whether it's good or not, I think people would still watch it. Yeah, I'd watch it. You know, because Marvel has grown such a uh, cult. Yeah. Anything they put out is gold. Any Spider-Man they put out is gold. I think anything <laughs> they put out is gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, Captain Marvel, it wasn't all that. No. I don't, I, like the, the way I rate movies, right, is depending upon whether I could watch it more than once. Yeah, I could watch that one and a half times. Yeah. I, I can't watch Captain Marvel more than once, man. We've watched it. I've My tried. kids have watched it several times. Yeah, I've tried. But. I just can't. I, I think it was it. It would have been better if they put it around like Captain America, the first Captain America and had it. So people knew who Captain Marvel was instead of her just showing up later on. 
So I think because of the timing of where they made the movie, it just didn't it didn't flow the way that it needed to flow. Absolutely. But it's kind of hard for me to do that as well. Yeah. Because, you know, yes, Marvel, it, they're long term planners. However, yep. things change. Yep. So that's how they try to squeeze it in. You yeah. Kind of like enter it here. <laughs> yep. And that's that's what it felt like. An enter yeah. it here. Does he get the back history of Captain Marvel? I think yeah. that's that was their intent. And I think they did well on that. But as far as the movie itself as a standalone. Yeah, it was a decent movie. Yeah. It's not something I could watch uh, over and over. Uh, I think it did make uh, a billion dollars, though. Every, nice. Like I said, everything Marvel makes, it's gold, people. They're always going to find the audience and people are always going to watch it. But uh, to go back to Spider-Man, who do you think played the uh, best version of Spider-Man? Was the it, best uh, of Toby all time? Ma- yeah, best of all time. Would you say Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland? I think Tom Holland is the best. Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I think Tobey Maguire played a really good Peter Parker, but a really crappy Spider-Man. And uh, Andrew Garfield played a really good Spider-Man and a bad Peter Parker. And I think the newest Spider-Man is like the the perfect marrying of those two characters. Yeah. So if I could rank them, um, I'd put Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and then Andrew Garfield. Yeah, that's I'd put them. Yeah. Heck, because Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man, because Spider-Man in the comics always had that geeky, dorky, and boyish personality. Yep. Where he's all so, he always seems so innocent. Yep. Like a child. So that's why I like him. Uh, Tobey Maguire, like you said, he was pretty good. Uh, He was a great Peter Parker. Except Spider-Man 3. Yeah, Spider-Man 3 was Uh, just horrible, man. Yeah. They uh they try to shove too many villains in there. Yeah, they did. That yep. was that was that was horrible. Yeah, I think they had three villains. Because yep. you had the Sandman, Venom, Venom, and, and uh, Hobgoblin, I think was the other one. Or Green Goblin. No, Green Goblin wasn't in that one. So Hobgoblin. I can't remember what the other one was, but yeah, it was it was pretty bad. It was the dance, the Spider Man oh, yeah. dance. That's <laughs> that that's a. Uh, Became a meme. Yeah, it'll be forever immortalized as a meme now. <laughs> and then Andrew Garfield's version of uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. He was just too cocky, man. Like, Spider-Man is not a cocky person. Nope. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was probably the worst Spider-Man, even worse than Spider-Man 3, because yeah, they had Freeze. Well, is that the character's name? The villain? Freeze. Yeah, Freeze. Yeah, like, I didn't buy it. No, it was, it was just... Felt like a DC version of Spider-Man. Yeah, it did. Remember when uh, Schwarzenegger? Yeah, that's played? that's yeah. what I was kind of. Yeah, it just reminded me of that kind of Batman, where they tried to make a comic book into a movie and keep it comic book like instead of making it real life like with comic book ties. Yeah, would they have played Freeze? Um, was it a? Uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Um, I'm drawing blank here. Yeah, I forgot. That's how memorable it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's move on. Uh, Mel Gibson will be directing the new sequel of Passion of the Christ. It will be called Passion of the Christ Resurrection. So it'll be everything that happened after Jesus died. And then he comes back and is uh, resurrected. Um, will you be watching? Yeah, I'll watch it. So I never really watched the first Passion of the Christ uh, because I don't like subtitles. Yeah. I understand what he was trying to do, trying to be true to the native tongue and um, make it more authentic. But like I said, I don't like subtitles and I wasn't really interested in it. Yeah. The movie itself was, I don't know how to put it. It it wasn't the cleaned up filtered version that you usually see of Christ's death. So it was very, very realistic, uh, very true. I think as true as you could get in a movie to those times and it really showed like the magnitude of what jesus would have went through as far as pain and suffering before he was on the cross oh so it's it's a lot darker than other movies we've seen yeah it's not it's not beautiful like a, a beauty type of movie or it's very realistic in a sense that you see every like lash that jesus had gotten like every open wound and every wow. everything mm. definitely not for kids 
probably not for some adults just because of how unfiltered it is. Yeah. But I think it would be as far as getting the point across of what Jesus went through before he was on the cross. I think that really, really made the point. So for the passion of the two, it'll be interesting to see how Mel Gibson's able to keep with that same unfiltered, Mm -hmm. very raw, very true version, but still make it believable. Yeah, the first movie was uh, very successful. I think they made almost 700 million worldwide. So it'd be very interesting to see if he keeps the same theme, like you said, you know, dark and realistic. But uh, he received a lot of backlash, though. Um, Yep. Do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, you see, received a lot of backlash. I think it was 2006, 2005, somewhere around there. Mel Gibson was arrested for DUI, um, said some anti-Semitic stuff. And there's a whole lot of backlash around that. Yeah. And then for him to make a movie, it just, yeah, it, it didn't go with what he was saying or with the character of him. So it was kind of weird. It'd be interesting to see if everything comes back up once. Probably will. Yeah, that's that's how it is. People like to dig old stuff. Yeah. They don't believe that people change. Yeah. Which is very, very, uh, something that's very, very wrong with uh, people these days. They yeah. don't believe in change. They'll yep. people change you. Drastically. A long time ago. Yep. So maybe he still feels that way, though. Who knows? But, you yeah, know, I believe that people change. So yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt. So let's uh, switch gears to gaming. So PS5 is yep. scheduled for release on November 12th. Good luck in your hands on one. I know, right? So uh, all pre-orders are sold out everywhere. And Amazon recently emailed uh, some of the first wave of uh, recipients uh, for their pre-orders. They, they sent them an email saying that some PS5 shoppers may not receive their item on the day of a release because of the high demand. Yeah. That really sucks. That, if I, I pay mad. for a pre-order, I need to get my. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be really mad with the popularity of it and having not having a console for a really long time or a new console for a long time, especially PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah, I would think that Sony or Microsoft would have planned a little bit better. Yeah, it's um, a n- new generation of console. Yep, and maybe it's just because we're in a pandemic that more people were going to buy it because everybody's not going to be able to do anything or people. I don't know. I don't know, but, man. I still think with the release of a new console, you should still have a stockpile. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. Yep. You know, or maybe it's not, maybe the budget is geared towards pre orders. They get that money up front and then they build yeah. the consoles. Maybe that's how it works. Something. But, you know, but take out a loan or something and, you know, yeah. have a stockpile somewhere. So I, I think if, Sony uh, and Amazon were smart. They'd probably give away free PlayStation Plus for a year or a free exclusive game, something just to kind of offset. Hey, sorry that you pre-ordered it and you aren't getting it on time. Yeah, they have uh, two versions of the PS5. So they have the digital version, which is uh, 400 bucks. Yeah. And uh, they have the uh, Blu-ray version, which is 500 bucks. Um, you can also play old games. So put old CDs in there, yep. uh, PS4 games, and uh, you can play it. I don't know why anybody would get that that version, though. You know, the digital version to me is the best choice because, you know, CDs get scratched and you lose them and stuff all the yeah. time. It's better. I think it's better to have download games, you know, digitally instead of going to the store and waiting long lines and stuff. Just I'm old download it online. I like to have the physical copy of games. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I like having the actual physical disc a lot more than downloading it. Yeah, I used to until I got the PS4 and I realized it's a lot more convenient. I don't have to yeah. go anywhere. I can just search the library and uh, download any game I want. Yeah. And it's just saved on my, my PlayStation. Yeah, I'd still rather have the disc. So I'd be the guy that bought the, the Blu-ray version <laughs> just because I, like I like having the physical copy of stuff. Yeah, so we got new generation of consoles coming out. Uh, with that said, uh, I thought about a very interesting question. Uh, what do you think? Because uh, PlayStation won the last console war with the PS4. Yep. What do you think is the greatest console of all time? Of all the consoles that have ever came out, what do you think is the greatest? The greatest? Man. I'd say it's the N64. Uh, I think that's the one that created the most gamers. 
Um, the reason I like it is because it's the first console to really introduce true 3D. Yeah. And their game selections are legendary. Yep. Golden Eye. Yeah. You had uh, Zelda. Yeah. You had, had a lot uh, of great games. Mario World 3D. Yep. Yeah. Perfect Dark. Yeah. WWE No Mercy. Yeah, there was oh, a man. lot of games. Some classic games. Yeah, I think right now for me it'd be the PS4. PS4? Yep. Why you say say that? Um, just because of the the online features and the game selection, and I think it's got some I think of the, PS3 had online features too, right? Yeah, it did. Um I like the PS4 just it's faster, smoother. The game selection I like. And it's got my favorite games of all time on it. So mm-hmm. that's really why we get another PlayStation just because of the, some of the games are only on PlayStation. And the thing I like about Nintendo is the fact that they're willing to try things that the other consoles are not trying. Yeah, they won't. Because yep. remember the N64 controller? Yeah. Dude, that, it was awesome. Real, I hated that controller. I love that controller. It was so comfortable. You could hold it a bunch of different ways. That's and- why I didn't like it. I didn't like holding the center joystick <laughs> thing. Yeah, depending on the game you're playing, you yep. know, you can hold it whichever way you want. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And um, like I said, N- Nintendo, they're willing to try new things if it's not the controller or the the, the, the console. Yep. Uh, the Wii, the GameCube. The Switch. Everything they do is completely different. Yep. Because now with the Switch, that, I think that kind of hurt them too because the Switch is a standalone platform as well as a handheld. Yeah. Which you know, that's awesome. very innovative. Yep. It's awesome. But that killed their Game Boy that they had before. Yeah. So now you have the Switch. You don't need to buy a Game Boy anymore. No, you don't. It's not necessary. So, you know, that's two two forms of income that they could have had, but now they only have one. Yeah, but there's also had some of the, the coolest games on the Switch of all time. Yeah, so, I've, 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 I play a lot with my wife, especially uh, Mario games. Yeah, and yeah. Zelda. And yeah, I haven't Zelda. played, man, let me tell you. So I used to play Zelda for uh, Nintendo 64. That was the last time I played Zelda. Oh, you got to play it on Switch. That was the last time I played Zelda because I got stuck on one level where uh, you had to play the flute. Yeah. And yep. to unlock it, uh, the the level or where you're supposed to be going or whatever. Yeah. And I could never figure it out. And I said, oh, no, dang. I ain't playing Zelda ever again. Yeah, you got Switch's way. It's the best Zelda I think ever made. Oh, yeah? Yeah, hands down. Yeah, I got to gotta check it out. So now let's move on to a bin or bench. So in this segment, this is a new segment we're introducing for this episode. But we'll discuss new or upcoming TV and movie releases and determine whether we'll throw them in the bin, as in the trash, or binge watch them. But first up, Marvel Studios has just released the first trailer for WandaVision, which should be out later this year on Disney+. Plus. It features Scarlet Witch and Vision. What did you think of the uh, trailer? I thought it was a good trailer. As a very uh, old school That's, uh, 50s feel. Yeah, it feels like... Uh... A 50s type of thrill from the trailer i gather scarlet witch maybe going through some mental weird disorders because vision's back unless it's some pre-time thing before vision dies so i don't i don't know i think that, i'd have to watch the first episode before i throw that one out or watch it yeah i thought it was very uh eerie and uh mysterious um so this show is supposed to kick off phase four of the mcu yeah and in my opinion I think it's all a dream. That's yeah, it's something something mental. Yeah, because you can tell in the trailer, vision is oblivious. Well, they're both ob- oblivious yeah. of everything around them. And then there's yep. a lady in the car and she's like, You're dead or you're not alive or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's just I have faith in Marvel that they can do a good job. So yeah, I think definitely. it'll be one that will Everybody will end up watching and be talked about for sure. But well, they, they do a good job with movies. It's yet to be seen. When yeah, and that's. I mean, Agents of Shield. It was a pretty good show too, but that's completely different from it. Yeah, but to incorporate a TV show into the MCU and well, the mainstream MCU, I guess you could put it. It'll be interesting. So I don't know if that one's going to be 
a throwaway or just watch it. I'll probably end up binge watching it anyway. Yeah, I'm definitely binging that one. Okay, uh, next up, The Mandalorian 2 binge. Uh, trailer yeah. is coming out. Uh, Disney Plus uh, release date is expected to be October 30th. Definitely binging that one. Well, binging it as much as Disney will let you when they release one episode a week. That's I know. That's one that's, thing I don't like because, you know, Netflix has spoiled us. Yeah, they sure have. On so Netflix, when they release a series, every episode, you you binge it Yep. whenever you want. But with Disney, you got to wait every week for a new episode. That's one, I guess, because they're a new uh, streaming platform. They're trying yeah. to generate weekly interest. Which is good. Um. So I noticed with Mandalorian, the first season, my kids had it on a timer and a reminder when the episodes dropped. So they would come get um, my wife and I. And first thing we do is watch that Mandalorian episode. Most of the time, the kids had already watched it once and they wanted to watch it again. So uh, it was it was kind of cool that we were able to actually be as a family and watch something on a weekly basis, too. So, yeah, but I'd prefer just all drop at the same time so I can. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be much better. You just clear your calendar and you know, yeah. your day off and you just watch yeah. the full series. So let me tell you, um, I actually hate Star Wars. Right? Really? I've tried watching Star Wars several times. Dang, this podcast, we can't be friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Star Wars, but I don't like it, man. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know, it's just weird. It's not because I like sci-fi, yeah. not that kind of style, sci-fi. Yeah, it's, I just find that weird. But last year, I started watching The Mandalorian because people were talking about it. I was like, you know what? Let me give it a try. And I tried. Man, I was not. I was not disappointed. Yeah, because it's still Star Wars, but it has a different feel to me. That's yeah. Storyline is great. The feel, the acting, um, just everything just blended yep. very well. But uh, when the first season came out, though, Disney definitely dropped the ball. Because there were no merchandise. None. Merchandise is one of the key parts of any movie or any yeah. series to generate more income. You had to wait until June, this June, June or July to find a Baby Yoda anywhere. Yeah, way after. Yeah. And now, the season was over. now you can't find Baby Yodas anywhere because they're all sold out everywhere. Yeah, so like just, they completely dropped the ball. It could have made so much money off Baby Yoda's. There's yeah. people that made money off of it illegally. Yeah. You know how hard it is for Disney to give you a licensing deal? Yeah, it's really hard. I email them about once every six months to get licensing stuff and <laughs> keep getting the no. Yeah, so they really dropped the ball uh, last season. So hopefully uh, they learn from their mistake and uh, they can make a lot more money off the uh, Mandalorian and Baby yep. Yoda. Okay, so uh, next up, Netflix just released Real Steel. Um, this movie that came out years ago with Hugh Jackman, and it'll be uh, available on Netflix now. Uh, will you be throwing it in a bin or binging? Uh, binging, because I've, I've seen it probably a dozen times already. So uh, I, I like the movie. I think it's a cool concept. It's like the grown-up version to Big Hero 6. Yeah, I've seen that. So I, I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah, it's... And, one of the best robot movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Because, um, of course, the acting is good with Hugh Jackman. Storyline was pretty good. And just the whole concept of the movie, futuristic, just it's how, gritty. It's how everybody wishes BattleBots was. <laughs> That's how I think of Real Steel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked it. So I'm definitely going to be binging. Okay, uh, another movie, uh, that's come, well, it's actually a docu-series that uh, Netflix is releasing. Uh, it's called Whose Vote Counts Explained. It'll be released on uh, September 28th. But according to Netflix, uh, this series dives, dives into America's election process from the ins and outs of the Electoral College and the issues of voter suppression that still persist today. Ben or bench? Because it piques my interest, I'll binge, but... I don't know if I'll necessarily agree with everything that they're saying. Yeah, it uh, seems like a very interesting docu-series uh, yep. based on the description and the uh, name. Because we've been told a lot, at least me, um, a lot of people say, oh, we don't vote because it's already decided. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people don't like the uh, Electoral College because of how it's set up. Yeah, well, if... 
if we didn't have the electoral college, then California and New York would be the people that get to choose our president. So nobody would have a voice other than them. Yeah. So there's, there's plus sides to why we do stuff the way we do. And there's downsides. So it's going to be interesting to see if that docuseries can deliver an unbiased opinion and let people think for themselves versus trying to sway people during an election year. So that's, that's my biggest concern is the, when it's released and right before voting and like, how is this going to affect people? Yeah. It's a very uh, interesting point because if, if they're not objective and they yeah. sway people into not voting, yeah, yeah, that might change the election. Yep. That might be a form of voter uh, not suppression, but brainwashing and, yep. you know, telling people, oh, your vote don't count because they already decided who's going to be the next president. One of the reasons why I would never say votes don't count is because you see how hard candidates fight to yeah. try to tell people, hey, vote for me. Hey, this, because if it didn't count, they wouldn't be campaigning no, all the time. Would, they wouldn't have to. Like I don't know if you've ever seen a, like a, a their schedules. Like they it's travel insane. everywhere. Yeah, it's insane. I don't see how a president can be president and do all that yeah. all at the same time, just yeah. because of how grueling it is. Yeah, like, unless you're getting two hours of sleep a night, that's the only way. It's it's amazing, man. That's the one job where you gotta go through all these towns. Yeah. Meet meet and greets with uh, people. Yep. Give a bunch of speeches. Yeah, man, we have fifty states and thousands of cities. Yeah. You got to pick and choose, man. Yeah, no thanks, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> so it'd be very interesting. Uh, uh, I'm definitely gonna bench that uh, docu series, and uh, hopefully, it's not about what we discussed about. Hopefully, you know, it gives it's... you better insight on how the uh, election process works. Yep. And how your vote does count. Yeah. So that's, and even if, if the docuseries is biased in one way or another, I would definitely urge everybody to like really read about how the election process works. Um, so that you can see that your vote actually does count. Yeah. Whether we have the electoral college, um, or not, like your vote means something. So it's, it's definitely something I believe everybody should do. Number one, it's your right to vote. Number two, you need to have a say in who your elected officials are, whether it be the president, Congress, Senate. Um, it's something that's important and it can affect your daily life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people go back and forth with the Electoral College, uh, whether it's good or bad. Um, yeah. But I mean, if, if it wasn't around, popular vote would win every time. Yep. And a lot of people wouldn't be president if you go back in history. Yeah, you wouldn't. It, you know, Hillary would have won because she won the popular vote yep. uh, previous election. And uh, everything would have been different. But I think the Electoral College is a good thing because it gives smaller towns, uh, smaller states a yeah. voice because their votes wouldn't really wouldn't matter. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, if, if we if got we rid of the electoral it, college, there wouldn't be any reason to vote, just like California, New York. Pointless. We just pick three states, and they determine who's going to be the president. Basically, yeah. So, really, really, uh, really a good thing to have. But it could be argued uh, either way based on your stance. Okay. Uh, next up, we have our life is raw segment, and this segment we'll pick a classic movie in history that has an important life lesson and discuss how these lessons can be applied. In everyday life. So for this week, uh, we pick the pursuit of happiness. Good movie. What do you think? Uh, what are some of the good traits and life lessons that we're in pursuit of happiness that we can apply? I think the the biggest one is just never give up. I never, never, ever give up. That's probably the biggest lesson in pursuit of happiness. So I think uh, as soon as you start giving up and losing hope, then it's it's downhill from there. But as long as you can keep trying even if it doesn't feel like you're getting anywhere and keep that hope held tight eventually doors will open up yeah absolutely by having drive and determination and like you said never giving up because in life you're going to get a lot more no's than you do yeses right but your job is to be resilient and turn those no's into yeses and give yourself more opportunities because will smith in the movie he received a lot of no's. Yeah. But he didn't give up, but he eventually turned. He had his opportunity. He got he finally got his opportunity and he turned the no into a yes. Yep. And 
that changed his life forever. Yeah. You know, drastically. Yeah. Cause, uh, a lot of people are afraid of rejection. Yeah. You know? I don't have a problem with rejection as long as it's a uh, constructive criticism saying, Hey, no, because whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I know why, but I don't like being told no, just, just because, you know, yeah. help, help me become better. Maybe next time I might be the right candidate. Yeah. For me, if people tell me no, I'm going to figure out a way to get around that no. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much how I've been as a kid. But this movie, this reminds me of like Thomas Edison. Do you know how many times Thomas Edison failed before he had a light bulb? It was over a thousand times. Wow. Um, and then if you've ever read uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, so yeah, they went to over a hundred publishers before a publisher finally said yes. And then it became the number one selling book, I think right behind the Bible in the world. Wow. So just because one person says no, doesn't mean the next person's going to say no. And even if the next person says no, like this is that perfect time where in your life, if people are saying no, ask mom, ask dad, and then go ask your grandparents and go ask their grandparents, like keep doing it until somebody says yes. Yeah. You only need one person to tell you yeah, yes. one. Yes. Yeah. That's you all you have need. a million no's. Yep. If you get that right person to tell you yes, then that's all you need. That's why I keep emailing Disney. <laughs> I just need <laughs> one yes. Exactly. Because eventually, you know, they'll, they'll say yes. Um, this, this reminds me of the uh, first black female astronaut uh, I was watching. Um, oh, can't remember if it was on Netflix or not. But she basically sent a letter to NASA. Yeah. Every week or every other week something like that and then eventually they picked her to become a an astronaut so may jameson yeah yep yeah so she never gave up she knew exactly what she wanted to do yep even if nasa didn't believe in her at the time but she was resilient and wasn't down because she got a no from them yeah you know that was her dream since she was a child and she knew in one day and that eventually her dream would come true. It literally just takes one person to say yes and yeah. your life can change. So keeping that drive and keeping asking and keeping, keeping your eye on the prize, I guess you would say, is probably one of the biggest things you could do in your life to create a positive outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, um, you got to learn how to make hard decisions. Like yeah. Will Smith in the movie, he had a son. Yeah. And there were a lot of hard decisions he had to make. Tons. Because... He had to sacrifice so that his dream could finally come true. And I realized in, in my life, at least, some of my hardest decisions, when I took a leap of faith, they've been the best decisions I've ever made. Yep. You know, but if you're somebody who's reserved and don't like taking chances, you will never know. Yes, I guess you could say it's gambling. Um, you know, as humans, we naturally like being comfortable. We We don't like... Things outside of, of our uh, circle. Yeah. But sometimes you got to take that leap of faith and believe in yourself, believe in your dreams. Yeah. And at least try. Because one of the things I don't ever want to feel is somewhere down the line when I'm old and gray, where I have that what if moment. Yeah, it's not a good feeling. Yeah, I don't ever want to ask, hmm, what if I took a chance and did this? What yeah. if? Why not now? You know, I'm, I'm but, able take that chance, take that leap of faith. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least, you know, you tried. Yeah. And there's a difference between gambling and calculated risk. Yeah. And I think calculated risk is what you need to be successful. Gambling, that's just a crap. So you're going to get what you get. But calculated risk, if you go in there with all the information, you go into the situation with the drive, even if it looks like it could be a negative outcome, you can it's easier to turn that into a positive outcome than it is to just gamble it away, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, let's move on to raw or flaw. All right. So first topic uh, in an interview, Nancy Pelosi would not rule out impeachment as an option to stop a Trump's Supreme Court nominee from being confirmed to the seat vacated by the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Raw or flaw? Flaw. Just what do you think so? Cut it out. <laughs> like for real. I've already tried to impeach him, what, three, four times, probably more than that, that we don't even know about. It's towards the end of his term. 
He's doing his job. Like, just cut it out. Yeah. I think Democrats are bad losers. Yeah. You know, they're kind of like a kid when you tell them no or they failed at something and you just have a whole tantrum. Yeah. I think because it's, it's the president's right to pick a new justice. Yep. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. So you trying to prolong it and drag it and doing things just to get under somebody's skin. And that's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not necessary. And America's watching and America's seeing it. So instead of saying, hey, Mr. President, we have a candidate we think that you would really, really like that would do really, really well. Yeah. Can you take a look at this candidate? Exactly. They're not doing that. They're just throwing a fit on the floor like a two-year-old who didn't get a candy. So it's it's irritating. And I think it's irritating for Americans to see it. So I'd say definitely a flaw. Yeah, like we said uh, earlier, Obama had similar situation back in 2016. Yep. And of course, the Democrats were, hey, he needs to pick one. That's his right. He needs to pick one. That's yep. his right. This same exact thing. Yeah. You know. I'm not a fan of the two-party system because of that. Yeah, but. it's just annoying back and forth. Before we move on to the next topic, I want to give you guys the uh, secret code that you need in order to be eligible uh, for the uh, free giveaway. So the secret code is I like raw per. Again, I like raw per. So all you guys got to do is message us on Facebook with that code. I like raw per. And you'll be eligible for the uh, random drawing. Okay, so uh, continuing on with raw or flaw, uh, Trump refuses to commit to peaceful transfer of power if he loses the election. Raw or flaw? Uh, flaw. Um, but I don't think that statement's entirely from him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think there's some. I mean, when they ask him the question, he doesn't answer it. <laughs> you no. know, he he dances around the question. Yeah. But also knowing Trump, he likes to really rile people up. That's true. It might be, you know, something strategic that he he's doing. Yeah. To get under people's skin or get keep people guessing. Yep. Or so, maybe he truly feels like if he does lose, he's not gonna believe. Yeah, it's and they're they're saying he won't commit to peaceful power because he's not given a yes or no answer. Yeah. And he's not going to give a yes or no answer because he also he likes messing around with the media a lot. Yeah. He likes getting under their skin and they fall for it every single time. Yeah. Like when uh, he told them or they thought he was going to go golfing for Thanksgiving and then he's up in Afghanistan serving the troops (laughs) like stuff like that. Uh, Trump really I think that's his favorite sport is getting under the media's skin. I think this is an example of the media trying to get something out of him and he's not giving it to him. So they're just going to run with whatever the case may be. I think Trump is going to follow the rules. And if it does come down to him having to release power this four years or in four more years, I think it'll be peaceful. If uh, that is indeed true, obviously it'll be a flaw yeah. move because we have a democracy. Yep. You know, historically the incoming and outgoing president or always cordial and yep. they, they don't consider themselves higher than the uh, office. So, you know, it'd be a flaw move if Trump is the first president ever to say, Hey, I'm not leaving, yeah. which, you know, and face of the world, America will look really, really bad. It, it would, it would be another catalyst to set off a, a major civil war or revolution or something. Yeah, it wouldn't absolutely. Be, it absolutely. wouldn't be nice. Yeah, because, you know, Trump has uh, diehard supporters. Yeah. And if he says, I'm not leaving office, those supporters, you know, would be like, we're, we're taking the country over. We're not, yeah, you know, our, just, this is our president. He's staying forever or whatever. You know, that it, would really be a domino effect. Yeah. And it wouldn't help anything. So that's, I think it's just him messing with the media again. Because he's not giving a, a straight answer. Yeah. Okay, so next up, uh, Microsoft announced this week that they are buying ZeniMax and Bethesda for $7.5 which will likely give them access to an enormous amount of exclusive games. Raw yeah. or flaw? Uh, raw. They just mic-dropped exclusive. Yeah, they're... That's a good move. Yeah. 
They just uh, also announced one of the first exclusives uh, that they'll be dropping is the uh, new uh, Doom game. Yeah. So it's definitely a raw move um, because Microsoft's budget is enormous. Yep. Right. So they just made this deal for seven and a half billion dollars. Jeez. Sony's operating budget was close to that. Yeah. Jeez. Just think their entire operating budget is seven and a half billion. And Microsoft is able to just make a deal and buy these companies for yeah. seven and a half billion like it's nothing. Mike, well, Microsoft's going to be the Disney of video games. Yeah. And that's that's their goal because they've already owned Minecraft, which is one of the biggest games in history. Um, now with Bethesda and ZeniMax, like, and they got all the Fallouts, the Elder Scrolls, like some of the biggest hit games in history. Is all going to be now under Microsoft. Yeah, so Microsoft lost the uh, last console wars. You can spend all the money you want, but from 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 here on out, it's based on loyalty. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm Sony. I'm loyal to Sony, as you can see with my shirt. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I love PlayStation. Yep. Uh, because my first experience with the first Xbox was it a good one. I didn't like the controller. Yeah, it was big and bulky, yep. and I never wanted a Xbox ever since. So I think it's loyalty. And I think too, uh, I think Microsoft need to be very, very careful because if they take too much market share from Sony, it might be considered a monopoly. Yeah. You know, and that might not be a good thing for them. Yeah, it would be. So it's a, uh, yes, it's great. You're buying things to be uh, competitive, but at the same time, you need to make sure maybe they can do a licensing deal. That's probably Sony what they'll end up doing. And, you know, try to give them a little piece of the crumbs, you know, say, hey, you yep. have these these and exclusives. That's what I can see them doing. Yeah, because it's a win-win for them. Yeah, they're going to get money no it. matter what. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's sold on Xbox or sold on PlayStation, Microsoft is going to win. So that's it was a good move on their part. Yeah, it's, it's a very good move. So I think definitely a raw move. Okay, next up, uh, Walmart buys a 7.5% stake in TikTok. So TikTok. Was supposed to be banned last week. However, yeah. with this deal, uh, they received President Trump's uh, blessing, and uh, they're able to keep it going. Uh, they're gonna start a new company called TikTok Global, and uh, that's gonna become an IPO. I think next year it's gonna be a publicly uh, traded company. Oh shoot! Okay. Yeah. So um, I think it's definitely a raw move. However, reason I uh, pause is because. Walmart doesn't have experience in that type of industry. Honestly, if Google made that deal, yeah, because Google, you know, they got so much experience. Yep. And that, uh, in um, apps and applications and stuff like that. Walmart, Walmart does it. Like they're trying to tiptoe their way into that type of industry, but I don't know if it's really going to work out for them well. Part of me makes me wonder if it was just because TikTok was going to be banned. Um, I wonder if well, Microsoft proposed a deal to buy them, but that fi- that didn't fall through. Yeah. So Walmart, I don't know what they offered them. Maybe it was something better, but um, it just it it's kind of fishy when you got something that was going to be banned. Some yeah. big company buys it, and now magically, oh yeah, it's going to be sticking around. Yeah. So it's uh, politics. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I think it would have been better off if. Microsoft bought them because Microsoft, you know, they deal with that type of stuff. Or Facebook. They would have elevated it. Facebook would have been a better option. Google would have been a better, like one of the, those kind of tech companies, but Walmart. Yeah. What what is Walmart going to do with TikTok? Exactly. Okay. uh, Last but not least, uh, the Netflix series, The Social Dilemma poses a serious question. So is it raw or flawed that social media has such an influence and control over people's actions because from yeah. a marketing standpoint if you're a business owner That's it's great phenomenal yeah because you could pinpoint your audience yep. and you're able to advertise to who you want to advertise to and help your business out a lot better yeah. but as a civilian you know it that, sucks yeah they're yeah. basically studying studying your actions yep. and everything you do so so it depends on which side of the fence you're on. Yeah, absolutely. That's for a business owner, I think, yeah, it's definitely a raw move. But for the consumer, 
I think it's a flaw move. And I think it goes beyond just influencing what you are marketed to to buy. So I think it, because of what they can do with social media, now you can influence the outcome of elections. You can influence the outcome of anything, really. You can entice a war all through social media, or you can entice peace. It just depends on what it'll be used for. So I think raw in the right hands and a flaw in the wrong hands, really. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, should it be up to us to determine who we give our information to? Like, yeah, privacy concerns because everybody uses Facebook. Yeah, you know, which and Facebook has been collecting data from us without us knowing. Yep. I think people are at the point where they're like, yeah, I don't care. Does having a Facebook though, is that, does that automatically give them permission? Is, do you think that's legal? Uh, if it was on their disclosures and you signed up and you didn't read it, then yeah, yeah. (laughs) so yeah, if you, you signed up and all their disclosures said, that's what they were going to do. then yeah, then it'd be perfectly legal. And, but nobody's going to sit there and read a hundred pages of disclosures. Yeah, Facebook actually uh, released uh, a statement, I think last week, saying that they would not be promoting uh, any election ads or anything yeah. From, yeah, Which, for the election coming up. So, man, it's a step in the right direction because yeah. of all, you know, uh, tampering. And they don't want the heat anymore. They're, yeah, I think exactly. they're tired of, I think Mark Zuckerberg's tired of being in, in the Senate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, guys, uh, that's our show. Uh, we appreciate you guys for uh, listening. And um, if you haven't done so already, uh, please uh, follow our YouTube, Facebook page. Leave us comments. Uh, let us know uh, anything you want to talk about. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Take care. Yeah. Make sure you guys uh, like, subscribe, and we look forward to giving you free stuff. Peace.